welcome to Sharing Everything. We are your hosts. I'm Katie Balecki. And I'm Joe Balecki. And we're married. We sure as heck are. And we like making each other watch movies that we like. We sure do. Hey, Joe. Hey, Katie. What did we watch this week? Oh, well, we've watched a lot of things this week, but what we watched this week is not what we're talking about because <laughs> we took a break. We sure did. We decided that we were going to do a Christmas movie for Christmas, and it is currently January 11. Yep, sure is. But we have decided that... Um, that's why I'm louder than you. I turned my mic up and when I meant to turn your mic up. Okay, check, check, check. One, two, three. All right. See, I like I like seeing the levels. We're doing a whole thing new. We're doing a whole bunch of new things in 2018. And one of the things that we're going to do that's new in 2018 is one episode every other week. Uh-huh. Starting with the episode we were supposed to put out a month and a half ago. <laughs> the movie that we are talking about today is Prancer. Am I too loud in your headphones? Yeah, you're a little bit loud. All right. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm so excited about yeah. Prancer. I'm excited about Prancer 2. Not Prancer 2, because that was a sequel that I've never seen, but was probably really bad because it was straight to video. Was there really a Prancer 2? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like 10 years, mm, like 12 years later or something like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Same same characters and everything? I don't think so. Oh. So a different girl, no Cloris Leachman. I would assume, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, why don't you give us a little rundown of Prancer? Okay, so it has, it's been a while. Yeah. So I may be a little bit rusty, but I think that it will be okay. Because I have a very important thing to talk about this movie, which, which corresponds to all Christmas movies. And I think now that the magic of Christmas has worn off, we can actually talk about this topic. But before we get into that, we got to talk about what Prancer is about. Why didn't you ask me what the movie was about? I don't understand why. She's just, I don't know. I'm off my game. Yeah, it's been too long. Okay. So Prancer is about a little girl who is obsessed with Christmas. Her name is Prancer. <laughs> no. Um, no, it's, I can't remember her name. Jessica. Jessica. So Jessica is obsessed with Christmas all year round. And it's getting to be close to Christmas time. And she finds a reindeer. Am I wrong? <laughs> Should you tell me what the movie's about? <laughs> You're not wrong. You're just... Uh, choosing an interesting way to introduce the story. I, I, I think I would prefer you just tell me about the story. Okay. So Prancer is the story of Jessica. She is a little girl. I think she's eight. And she loves Christmas. Uh, the movie opens on her enthusiastically, extremely off-key, singing a Christmas song with her class in preparation for the school pageant. Oh, yeah. Um, and her teacher's like, can you try singing a little softer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, but she's like oblivious. She's just like, I love Christmas. I love singing. La, 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 la. She is walking home with her friend, uh, whose name I can't recall at the moment, um, Carol. Her her friend's name is Carol. Oh, well, of course um, it is. And... Uh, they're walking through town and there's a, a decoration in the street and it's plastic reindeer hanging above the road mm-hmm. and one of the reindeer falls off and almost causes a car accident and that reindeer is Prancer. 
Mm. Um, Jessica, she goes back home and her dad, who is a very gruff Sam Elliott, he is an apple farmer and he's having some financial difficulties. And mom died, right? Yep, mom died. And he... It's a very important thing about Christmas movies. (laughs) Is that one of the parents is... Are you getting ahead of yourself? No, no. Okay. (laughs) Um... Uh, he's having financial difficulties. He doesn't really know how to interact with this kid, specifically his daughter. Um, and he's kind of not into the Christmas thing, probably because his wife is gone and he doesn't know how to raise children and he's having a tough time. Yeah. Um, and so Jessica and her friend Carol, they go sledding and they sled through, uh, Cloris Leachman's garden accidentally like they, accidentally they break through a fence right mm-hmm. she is Cloris leachman has constructed a barrier there is a partition I between think, her and the rest of the world i think it they slid or only jessica did she slid down underneath a gap in the gate oh okay yeah that, that rings a bell anyway that's not really important it's neither here nor there <laughs> um so jessica's sort of feeling a little bummed because Christmas is not really going how she wanted it to. She's getting yelled at all the time. Carol told her that Santa Claus isn't real. Oh, did she? Yeah. Got that part. <laughs> um, and one night, uh, Jessica is walking through the woods, I think home from school, and she finds a reindeer and she thinks it's Prancer. Um, and Prancer is injured. Yeah, he's been hit by a hunter. Mm-hmm. So Sam Elliott says, "Well, we got to put him out of his misery." Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's rustic, humane. And um, Jessica begs, she's like, "Don't shoot him!" And they're arguing. And then while they're arguing, Prancer gets away. Um, and then later that night, I think it's that night. It might have been a different night, but Prancer turns up in their yard. Jessica sees him from her window. And she puts him in the barn. It looks like like a sort of like out of the way barn, like not the main barn. So her dad might not find Prancer right away. Yeah, it looks like it's full of junk. It's mm-hmm. kind of dilapidated. Um, so basically, Jessica thinks she's harboring an injured Santa's reindeer. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, everything around her is just kind of bleh. Um, and then... Sort of the crux of the story is Jessica is afraid that Santa won't get Prancer back in time for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so she writes a letter to Santa asking him to please come pick him up so that Santa has all of his reindeer for Christmas Eve. Um, The local newspaper gets a hold of the letter. They print it in the newspaper. And then Jessica is at church with her aunt and her brother and the pastor or reverend or whoever mm-hmm. is um he reads from jessica's letter in front of the congregation and says this is the spirit of christmas and we could all learn something from jessica um and then everybody's like jessica has a reindeer and so they go to her house and sam elliott who is not at church was reading the paper on a sunday morning yeah there's a whole three <laughs> stooges sort of thing yeah. that goes on where the reindeer gets into the house at some point mm-hmm. and they're they're just just barely out of sight of each other yeah and people start coming home from church and instead of going home they go over to sam elliott's house and he's like let's or they're like let's see him he's like what are you talking about and then he finds the reindeer and yada yada and there's a bunch of chaos um and 
Um, I think, oh, the dad takes um, Jessica to some ridge where she said she was going to meet Santa to get pass off Prancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sort of has this special bonding moment with Jessica and they turn away and then when they turn back prancer is gone and then you see a little glint uh, a glimmer in the sky near the moon and it's prancer's united with santa and the movie ends yeah it's a very heartwarming story uh we sort of skipped over the part where she becomes friends with cloris leachman who's like the scrooge character i guess there's two scrooges in this movie huh yeah. There's Sam Elliott and there's Cloris Leachman, who's mm-hmm. who's very Grinchy and she lives in a strange Victorian house that in the middle of uh, Butte, Michigan, or wherever this Three Oaks, Three Oaks, Michigan. Yeah, uh, she used to decorate her her house every year for Christmas. Mm-hmm. She always won the Christmas lights contest, mm-hmm. but she stopped, and now she hates children and Christmas and all that stuff. Do we know why? Did she, like, have a kid that died or something? Something. A kid or a husband or something. Something. Somebody died. Some tragedy. Look, it's Christmas. Someone's got to (laughs) die. If you say so. It's uh, it's how it works. It's one of the rules. If if it's Christmas, someone's getting killed. I I felt like that was maybe one of the more heartwarming parts of the story, so it was interesting to me how how you skipped over it. Uh, yeah. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I've seen this movie approximately 100 times in my life. Um, This was the go-to Christmas movie when I was at my mom's house around Christmas time. She would make, well, I would say make, but I love this movie, so she wasn't really making me do anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, My brothers and I watched this, and my brothers did not like it. And then we kind of just got to the point where we stopped watching it every year because they didn't like it, and kind of became a missing piece of my Christmas, I think. But anyway, so to me, this movie is about uh, Jessica teaching her small town the spirit of Christmas kind of Mm -hmm. thing, which I guess she kind of does with Clarice Leachman's character too, though, because she sort of, by cleaning her house, she sort of takes out some of the decorations and shows her Look how beautiful Christmas decorations are. Because at the end, her house is decorated. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a micro-level interaction, and then with the town, it's a macro-level interaction. So she it's, it's really covering all the bases, this movie is. I think the bridge between those two is we see Clarice Leachman's character kind of very uncomfortably and out of character for her, it seems, go to church that morning when they read mm-hmm. Jessica's letter. Yeah. So it all kind of comes together. Okay. So, so this movie for you is, is like the Christmas story for so many other Americans. Kind of, but I love the Christmas story too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just like Christmas movies. I do. I love, I watched approximately 50 really dumb made for TV Christmas movies because I took my vacation from work the week after Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I was still in the mood and I was still watching all of these movies and it was wonderful. And I love Christmas movies. I will watch any Christmas movie you put in front of me and I will love it. Anyway. And for the record, <laughs> for the record, what movie did you watch for the first time in 2017 that you would say is a Christmas movie? Die Hard. It is a Christmas movie. That's right. My wife said it. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. 
and one one more time for the people in the back. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yep, sure is. Thank you. I, I got a new toy, <laughs> as you can see. And and so we're going to use it one more time while I introduce... Uh, hold on, I got it. I'm, I'm too close to the microphone. While I introduce the uh, the main point of, of why I didn't suggest we just skip over this movie until next Christmas. Lay it on me. The logistics of... I don't know what you mean by that. You don't know what I mean by this. Okay. So this was a a thing that has stuck in my mind ever since I think watching the Santa Claus one when it was new with Tim Allen. Mm -hmm. Where, if we'll remember, in that movie, Tim Allen kill Santa Claus mm-hmm. because someone has to die because it's a Christmas movie. Technically, he does not kill Santa Claus. Santa Claus falls off the roof and he's the one who finds him. Yeah, but it was his roof. Yep. He's liable. Anyway, continue. He should have put up some slippery when icy signs. He, <laughs> as, as far as Santa's lawyer is concerned, <laughs> Tim Allen murdered Santa Claus. <laughs> okay. He was also arrested in the 80s in Kalamazoo, Michigan for having a lot of cocaine on him. This is a very Michigan episode. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> he becomes Santa Claus. So in the Santa Claus movie franchise universe, mm-hmm. Santa Claus is real. Yes. His wife, at one point, early on in the movie, says, at what age did you stop believing in Santa Claus? He's not married in that movie. That's his ex-wife. Ex-wife. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just watched this movie. <laughs> It's my fault for walking into your world and acting like a chooch. What's a chooch? It, in, in the cigar world, it's someone who acts like they know a lot more about cigars than they do. <laughs> okay. I'm a Christmas chooch is what it is. I hope that's not also something like bad. <laughs> me it's like, too. well, that's a racial slur against Guatemalans and Chile. <laughs> you monster. It's like, oh, God. Time's up. Turns out. Um... So his ex-wife. Yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. I know we got a lot of Christmas ladies in the house. His ex-wife says, when did you stop believing in Santa Claus? But in this universe, Santa Claus is real. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how in a world wherein Santa Claus is real, can parents with children not believe in Santa Claus and also not be freaking the F out Every Christmas, as presumably <laughs> presents from not them show up underneath the tree. You know, I've never thought about that before. Right? This is the same line of thinking that like made me lose interest in church as a child too, because it was like, well, if, if Adam and Eve were like there, like on day six of planet Earth being born, and the Bible doesn't mention dinosaurs. What gives? Similarly, <laughs> if you can stop believing in Santa Claus, does Santa Claus stop going to your house? D- does does your disbelief in Santa Claus preclude your children from the joy of actual Santa gifts? Is Santa Claus so omnibelevolent that he places the ideas of 
gifts for your children into your head so that when you buy and wrap those specific presents, it's him doing it? Do you become Santa's elf in the disbelief of Santa Claus? I don't know, but I really like that you said omni-belevolent. Belevolent. <laughs> you said belevolent. Belevolent. Check the tape. Regardless. <laughs> um... Okay, so I don't have an answer for you, but as you were describing that, I said, so what we need is a Monsters, Inc.-like Christmas movie that sort of answers all of those questions, and then I realized we watched it when we watched Arthur Christmas. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't quite... Do you understand what I'm yes, saying? Because I do. Because... I guess the easy answer is part of the Christmas magic, right? Mm -hmm. Santa Claus, whatever whatever fairy dust is in his sack that he sprinkles, does he sprinkle it on himself or down the chimney to be able to fit? I think on himself. So he covers himself in the in the magic Christmas dust. May or may not be cocaine, <laughs> which allows him to fit through the chimney. Is there? Does that dust also, or is there another dust, perhaps PCP, that, that somehow implants memory into the parents' brains of buying certain gifts and labeling them as Santa Claus? I don't know, but isn't this supposed to be about Prancer and not the Santa Claus? In Prancer? Mm-hmm. There is a town of people who not only don't believe in Santa, but have no Christmas spirit at all. Mm -hmm. All right. But at the end, we do realize that Santa Claus is real. Do we? Or do we? <laughs> it's an Inception ending. Regardless of the existence of Santa Claus in the Prancer universe, one question captivated my mind throughout the entire 90 minutes. Do tell. The logistics of Santa Claus. That's not a question. <laughs> How does Santa Claus give presents to kids whose parents don't believe in Santa Claus? We don't actually see that happen in Prancer, though. What am... So, so you're saying you don't have a good enough answer, so you're gonna you're gonna evade the question. No, Your Honor. No, I object. I object. I'm saying in the Prancer verse, I do not think that Santa Claus is real. What happens to the deer then? He goes down the cliff. So Maybe he, to his death. So I don't he know. Dies. I don't know because that's, because those are the two options. For the ending of that movie. The ending of the movie is he can fly because he's Santa Claus's reindeer. Or this stupid, mange-infected, mite-carrying deer. We don't know. There could have dies. been a path that he went down while Jessica and her dad had their backs turned when they were being all lovey-dovey. I think that's what happened. You I think he ran down a path? Yes, I do. <laughs> why, why don't we see any sort of path? We see a sheer drop. Is that There's, seeing the... Like, to the side. Why wouldn't the camera, like, not pan over to that? So that we might think Santa is real. 
in this movie, I do not think Santa Claus... Carol even told us that Santa Claus is not real. Well, Sarah, Carol doesn't know shit. <laughs> she knows how to use a lot of hairspray in her bangs. She, she knows She knows how to have a, a girl mullet. <laughs> I she knows how think... To, she knows how to not mitigate the damage of ruining Cloris Leachman's flower bushes. So, I think what I really love about this movie is how simple it is and how childlike it is. Because if you are a child you are going to believe that Prancer was really, that the deer that Jessica found was really Prancer and that this Prancer really reunites with Santa at the end so that they can go deliver presents on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. But if you're an adult, it's still heartwarming because you see like how much Jessica needs to believe in this and how much it makes her happy. Like, imagine what she would be doing all those days if she didn't have Prancer or Santa's reindeer in her backyard. She'd probably be in her bed crying because nobody ever pays attention to her. <laughs> so she really needed that. And it helps her show people, like Cloris Leachman, that the spirit of Christmas can do magical things. That, to me, feels like more of a of of proof positive that Santa does exist within the Prancer verse. <laughs> How so? Because he gifted her Prancer. He's he's like Prancer, bruh. He was just a random deer in the woods. Unless he's Prancer. <laughs> no, okay. How but... are you sucking the magic out of this Christmas movie for me? I'm not. Do you not? Okay, in the beginning, the deer that falls from the decoration is Prancer. So that's why Jessica thinks that the deer she finds is Prancer. I... No. <laughs> what? I mean, sure. <laughs> However, <laughs> I do not accept that that was just a deer. Why not? Because it's dumb. <laughs> because then the ending of the movie is the stupid deer ran off a cliff and died. No, it's the dad realizing that he needs to pay more attention to his daughter, giving her the love and magic in her life that she deserves. That's what the end of the movie is. Well, I mean, directly following a... a a deer that has lived in their barn for six weeks, jumping off a cliff to its death. No. After she has toiled to, it's not what she she toiled to to nurse it back to health after being shot in the leg by a hunter. Yeah. What's your point? In an area of Michigan during a time of year when reindeer are not found. So where did the reindeer come from? Deer aren't found in the winter. And they made a point of of specifically. Hello. All right, sorry. Speaking in tongues, um, they made a point of saying Sam Elliott. Holy cow! I can't, I'm having a stroke here. Sam Elliott said, "Those types of deer aren't around here at this time of year." Um. Hold on, though, because I'm trying to remember because I have a vague recollection Mm -hmm. that somebody tells somebody that a deer escaped from somebody's something. Oh, (laughs) well, your honor, the the prosecution would like to abandon this case. It's. There, there's no need for the jury to retire. 
uh, to deliberate. We we find in favor of the defense. It was just a stupid deer, and it definitely died at the bottom of that cliff. Cliffs also very commonly found in flat ass Michigan. And for those of you saying, well, what about Tequamadon Falls? There's plenty of mountainous regions, even if the elevation isn't very high. They're by Belding. That's the LP. What you got there, toots? <laughs> uh, How's it going, sweetheart? Um. Well. <clears throat> I can't find what I was remembering, but I'm pretty sure that a deer escaped from, like, not a zoo, but like a, like... Like that Christmas tree place, right? Why would a Christmas tree place have a, a reindeer? Because it's Santa's reindeer. Come by our Christmas tree here. We have a real life Santa's reindeer. That's what they did after they found out about it. I thought they gave him back. No, absolutely not. He bought it Oh, from yeah. Them. Okay. I still have this little thing in my head that's telling me that's what actually happened. But we'll just move on. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about in this movie aside from the logistics of Christmas? I'm sorry. I didn't understand you. Did you mean <laughs> the logistics of Santa Claus? Yep, that's what I meant. No, I really, I thought we were going to fill the whole hour with that, but you really wanted to hop off that topic. No, I didn't. I completely understand what you meant when you said that it doesn't make sense, at least in the Santa Claus movie universe, that they don't believe in Santa, but he still brings our kids presents. Like, I understand that. However, I don't think it has anything to do with Prancer. Because you don't believe that Santa Claus exists in the Prancerverse. I thought we were on the same page. I believe in Santa this, Claus. This is the largest marital misunderstanding we've had in, in the year and some months of marriage. I don't think that's true. No, this is absolutely true. It might be true. And I, for one, think it's the beginning of the end. What? What? I'm just kidding. Are you sure? Yes. The whole internet now knows <laughs> how uh, how quickly you get worried about the future of our marriage. <laughs> Man, that dead air is great radio. I need to buy an outboard compressor, I think, is what I need. What is that? I need a compressor in between this mixer and the computer so that we don't peak. Peak? Peak. Peak. Like the cracklies. When, when, when somebody gets too loud. Somebody named me. Uh, so on this program that you're using. Yeah. It doesn't have a time thing. It does. I just have to scroll out. I was messing with the scrolly bar. Mm-hmm. And um, it stopped auto-following. Mm. And, and I'm not... Maybe, maybe that's it. I toggled global club stretching, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Okay. Um, so, what is your experience like with Christmas movies? My experience with Christmas movies? 
I grew up watching an awful lot of The Christmas Story and really enjoying The Christmas Story. I don't know if Christmas movies were ever quite my thing. And I know this is surprising coming from the guy who doesn't like any sort of dark or experimental or avant-garde artwork. Of course not. That that Christmas movies would maybe not necessarily be his thing. I remember back in the day before TLC even did their Christmas story all day where they just put... TBS. TBS? Mm -hmm. TBS. Sorry. Sorry. TLC is like the home decoration. No, yeah, it's my 600-pound dick. That those TV shows. <laughs> I don't think that one's real, but yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Until they get a whiff of me, my six hundred pound wag. Merry Christmas, everybody. We're talking about a kids movie. <laughs> oh my God. Should put a put a trigger warning. Oh yeah, I, I definitely do need to record a, uh, a, a a a Christmas spoiler warning for for anybody who may listen with a child. Mm, okay. Just. I ain't gonna be that guy. Look, I will. I will. I'm all for like screw the audience. Like I'm gonna make you uncomfortable. I'm not ruining Christmas for a little kid. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not that awful. Uh, but no, I I used to wake up in the morning. My point was TBS. They run it in the morning, mm-hmm. and then maybe again throughout the day. But this was 24 hours. This was pre 24 hours. Mm, okay. And I would wake up and I would hear that movie coming from another room of the house mm-hmm. like my probably my parents bedroom and i would know it's christmas mm-hmm. that's how i would know it was christmas but i mean elf came out and we saw it in school before breaks and stuff and i said yeah elf is funny and similarly i find and i think this is in the same vein as a kid i wasn't ever really into kids movies mm-hmm. Like, I watched Cinderella and Aladdin and, you know, all, all of, I've, I've watched the canon of Disney movies. I was very into Winnie the Pooh for probably longer than I should have been. But for the most part, that stuff didn't interest me too, too, too much. I was not the kid that you would find re-watching a movie over and over and over obsessively. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it would just be like, it's time to watch The Lion King. Because you're a kid and you know six movies and you want to watch a movie. So you, just, you pick from one of six. Yeah. Um, but, but so my experience with Christmas movies is as a kid, I was sort of ambivalent to them except for the Christmas story. And as an adult, I'm really only concerned in making sure people are aware that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And Wait, you might need to repeat that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You gotta scream it from the rooftops. Die Hard is a Christmas movie! Oh, there we are. Uh-huh. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Excuse me. Shoppers. Shoppers. It's, uh, 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 I'd like to point you to the movie section. Uh, Die Hard, it's, uh, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Die Hard's a Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, but, but aside from that, I don't know, like, I, I really enjoyed watching... We had a list of, like, holiday movies for... For s- cynical people. Yeah. And a lot of them weren't 
Christmas movies, like at all. Mm-hmm. Like Bridget Jones's Diary or The Holiday, I think Not it was. The Holiday. No. Um, uh, You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail. What was the one that was like a real bummer? Um, Home for the Holidays. Home for the Holidays. That's the one. Yeah, that was a real bummer. That whole thing. But did you not think that movie was a bummer? Like, everybody, like, walked away from Thanksgiving hating each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the sad, drunk dad at the end was just like, I was just glad I got to see everybody in one room. And then the movie ends. Yeah, that was a bummer. However, my thing with that movie is it was about Thanksgiving and not Christmas. So yeah. I don't know why they put that on so, the list. So you're just blind. Yep. You saw red the entire film. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I enjoyed that with you and I will I enjoy well crafted movies that take place at Christmas such as Die Hard I like Scrooged you know Lethal Weapon I probably will only watch around Christmas even though there's a much stronger argument for why that wouldn't be a Christmas movie I don't even remember Christmas in that movie it just took place around Christmas it actually did the thing that people who don't think Die Hard is a Christmas movie does mm. Because the argument against Die Hard being a Christmas movie is, well, Stranger Things has an episode that takes place on Halloween. Does that make it a Halloween show? (laughs) It's like, oh, dude, the whole thing's like the night before Christmas. They alleged to that. It was just like Christmas time in in Lethal Weapon. And I think it was maybe just to make it sadder that Mel Gibson's wife was dead. Mm. Yeah, it could be. Like he was having a harder time around the holidays. They really didn't make a thing out of it at all. It was weird. They must have just been shooting it around Christmas. Because it looked like they were shooting it on location, mm-hmm. and all the buildings had Christmas decorations, so they put a Christmas tree in, in somebody's house. That that could have been it. But I enjoyed that experience with you. I'm not generally a Lifetime movie person, so, you know, the Christmas Prince or... Oh my god, the Christmas um, Prince, a the, Christmas the, inheritance. The movie that's like Groundhog Day, but it's... The 12 cr- Dates of Christmas. Oh my god. And, and it doesn't help that the first time I watched that, I was like in the process of getting the flu. So as we were watching the movie, I was just feeling sicker and sicker and sicker with every scene. Yeah, you really did not enjoy that. No, I didn't. And I think part of it was just because I was profoundly uncomfortable because I, I thought the movie was just so bad it was making me feel sick. Until I couldn't walk <laughs> after the movie. Uh, so, I don't know. I guess I'm not I'm not a huge Grinch about Christmas movies. I get why people like them. I'm not grumpy about other people liking them. Good, because I love them. I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, it's not, not super duper my thing. Okay. So- What's your experience with Christmas movies, Katie? Um, well, as I've said probably a bunch of times now, I love Christmas movies. Um, growing up, we would always watch Prancer and we would always watch A Christmas Story. Um, those were our two main ones. And I just, ugh, like I said, my vacation from work was spent watching every terrible Christmas movie I could find on Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and all those things. Mm-hmm. And I just... Uh, even if they're bad, like from a production standpoint mm-hmm. or whatever, Story's sloppy, acting's hacky. It still just makes me so happy. Yeah, because you love Christmas. I love Christmas. You love Christmas because your primary love language is gift giving. 
It is? I would think so. What? At, at least for like non-romantic people you love. Yeah. I, I would say that the way that you express your love most comfortably to people who you're not in love with mm-hmm. is by giving them things. That could and be or because, doing things for them. Yeah. I really do enjoy picking out the perfect gift for people. You enjoy picking out the perfect wrapping paper. I do. And not only the perfect <laughs> wrapping paper, but the perfect two sets of complimentary wrapping paper. Yeah, it's paper. a thing. And ribbons <laughs> and bows. There was a bow upon every Christmas present. <laughs> and I'll admit, I did it too for the presents I wrapped for you. Mm-hmm. Regardless, it was inspired. I wouldn't have done that. You loving gift giving and Christmas so much has made me a better gift wrapper because <laughs> I can't be the schlub in the relationship who just throws a bunch of wrapping paper on something and says, here, I got it for you. Well, I'm so glad I've had a positive impact on your life. Yeah, <laughs> at least in one way. Um, But yeah, so that wrapping paper thing, uh, back before you and I were engaged or living together or whatever... My dad and I, every Christmas, like probably around the beginning of December, we would go to Target and we would spend like an hour just browsing oh. all of the wrapping stuff. What? That was a you and a, your dad thing. Yeah. I totally would have assumed it was a you and your mom. Thing. Nope, it was me and my dad. Weird. <laughs> Jamie's got some surprises. <laughs> I swear I've told you that before. Uh, maybe. I might have just replaced the word dad for mom in my head because the, the cognitive dissonance worked better that way. <laughs> um, so, yes, I love Christmas movies. And my next question for you is going to be, how does this compare to other Christmas movies to you? I really like it as a Christmas movie for kids. It's quiet, it's understated, the acting is well, and it's really, really charming. Mm-hmm. It did put you to tears. Yeah, it did. I cried. <laughs> I might have gotten minorly misty. Yeah. Um, which is which is pretty rare for me mm-hmm. with a movie that, you know, doesn't set a couple other parameters. So I was really, really impressed by it. Good. As as I've been with some of the movies you've watched as a child that you have brought to the show. Polly. Much like Polly, which I then ended up purchasing you in, sure in, did. In a DVD format. Yeah. I love that movie. Not necessarily Uncle Nino. No, I hated that movie. Yeah. <laughs> that movie stands alone as <laughs> as, as the singular failure <laughs> of of this film. Because un, unlike Unforgiven, which I, I think is probably your least favorite movie of the sharing everything uh, tenure that I've brought to the table. Could be. I still liked that movie when I watched it. <laughs> I think maybe maybe the maybe the comparable one for me bringing it to you was Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, I think yeah. watching that one again made me realize that it wasn't so great. Yeah. It's it's good. Mm-hmm. But I think with with those movies at at least for the Star Wars and the Marvel movies, people like the movie for what it means for getting future movies Mm -hmm. a lot more than than they get excited about it as a individual piece Mm -hmm. and that's just the collectivist thinking that these liberal fat cats are bringing to the (laughs) so 
I, w- I would say this is up there with Elf and A Christmas Story. I would say Good. as far as Christmas movies go, it's it's top five for me. I really liked Arthur Christmas, too. Yeah, that was good. I thought that that was similarly charming. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. It was. I think it would age well, too. Because mm-hmm. this movie's from 89. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think we could show this to our future children, which are a long way off. Are a long way off. And, and them being able to totally get it. Yeah. Totally so feel too. it. Because we'll be living in the woods by that point. Oh my god. Dad's going to be a caveman. <laughs> because, because by the po- time we have children and they're going to be watching things that they're going to be comprehending they're going to be old enough i'm going to be a full-time writer podcaster and the only humans i'm going to see are you and them (laughs) ever yeah i think this is probably for me the quintessential family christmas movie um just because like you say it's kind of timeless like it's not it's not like dated like there's no like technology in it or anything like that yeah i I would say that it looks old it definitely looks like a low budget film from 89 yeah but i think like everything within it like the message and how people talk to each other and all that like the the struggling family life like all of that Mm -hmm. feels very timeless it's i want i want to i want to reiterate how simple it is and reiterate how that is such a good thing mm-hmm. for this movie. It is quiet and slow and simple and gentle. Mm-hmm. And I might like it just because of that, because it's so unlike any movie I've seen mm-hmm. in the past 10 years with regards to Christmas. Because even Elf, which you really, really love. It's one of my favorite movies, not yeah. just Christmas movies. Yeah. Will Ferrell, as a comedic actor is one of one of the pioneers of the volume school of comedy. <laughs> yeah. Will Ferrell's here's the punchline is just yelling something. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm pretty tired of in general. I don't find that funny. A lot of Nickelodeon and, and Disney stuff do it. Which is why you're seeing people like... Uh, uh, what's his name? Lynch play Jeffrey Dahmer and Ross Lynch. Yeah, Ross Lynch played Jeffrey Dahmer, mm-hmm. or or the uh, the Naked Brothers. Yeah, playing playing in these smaller art films or John Green films. The the older Wolf Brothers doing better, I think, than the younger one. Yeah, I kind of want to go back. I really like this. Is way off topic. <laughs> I I watched the Naked Brothers band movie an awful lot. I think it came out after a breakup. Oh, yeah. Of mine, and and I found the the love story within it to resonate with me <laughs> on a level that most love stories don't. And I'm sure if I went back and rewatched it, I would think that it was just juvenile and dumb. But so was I at the time. <laughs> and so I'm glad that those kids are doing something. They look a lot swarthier now. Yeah. They they look way Eastern European now. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wonder if Nickelodeon uh, used foundation that was a couple shades lighter. No, they were just kids. They look different. Everybody looks different when they're a kid. I know, but 
All I'm saying anyway, is that I think Nickelodeon is racist. Like, Unless they want to hire me for a job, in which case I think Nickelodeon is the best. I mean, Nickelodeon did have Hey Arnold, yeah. which was like the greatest kids cartoon ever. Yeah, I liked Hey Arnold and Doug. I never watched a lot of Doug. See, Doug was Nickelodeon and Disney. Was it? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I remember... An episode, a, a fragment of an episode where Dog was the superhero persona. Quail Man. Quail Man and his nemesis, nemesis guy, was tying people up to a wheel and spinning it and like throwing salami on them? <laughs> yep, that tracks. So that was a thing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Prancer is a really, really, really good movie. <laughs> yes. I don't I, know if I've made that clear, but it is. It is a good movie. Much the same way that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> um, Prancer is to good movies the way that Die Hard is to Christmas movies. <laughs> All right. Um, would you like to hear the very few trivia items? Would you say that there's scant trivia? I would. Would you say that, that the trivia was running toward a cliff? Oh, and before just we do that, though, um, Prancer Returns oh my was God. a 2001 movie. So here, he didn't die. Here is the plot summary. Mm-hmm. Preteen brothers from a broken marriage live with their mother, Denise, in a rural town. Ryan, the cheeky elder boy, wants to go live with their father, Matt, in Chicago. This confuses shy Charlie, the youngest, who is also the butt of bigger school kids often mean pranks. He's also the butt. He's the butt. (laughs) Then he finds two reindeer on his way home from school, which he believes to be Santa's called Prancer and his son and heir, also called Prancer, which he tries to hide at home. Ryan's help. Ryan helps bond the bro- what helps bond the brothers again. Alas, when Prancer gets out, evil vice principal James Clock is bitten and wants the public danger put down. Oh my! Charlie God. runs away with his protege. Denise is useless, but her ex-boyfriend, handyman Tom Sullivan, comes to the youngsters' rescue. Oh my God! Denise is useless. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. That's part of the plot summary. Um, I'm confused. <laughs> Me too. So Prancer fucked another reindeer. Yep. And made a baby deer. Mm-hmm. Also named Prancer? Yes. How do we know? I don't know. Does the kid, does this dumb kid who is a literal butt <laughs> name I- both of them Prancer? I don't know. Is this the same deer from the first movie? I don't know. I haven't seen 20, it. 30 years later? 20, 22 years later? 22. 89 to 2001? Isn't that 12? 12 years later? <laughs> anyway, so let's... So now, now I want... The logistics of the Pranzerverse. <laughs> All right. So, Prancer was filmed in Three Oaks, Michigan. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real name of the reindeer who played Prancer was Boo. Okay. Uh, the main street in the movie is the street over from the main street in Three Oaks, Michigan, where the lumberyard was located. 
Isn't that fascinating? Somebody just felt like they needed to make a trivia item about that. Okay, so two people contributed to the trivia for this movie. One, the Chamber of Commerce appointed volunteer Three Oaks historian. His name is Ralph (laughs) Lunderson. And the handler for Boo the Reindeer, making sure that Boo... Got his due. And then this this trivia item here is very interesting, and it's going to lead us to me reading something else. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I'm excited. The holiday and reindeer aside. Okay. <laughs> this story bears a strong resemblance to that of Pollyanna from 1960. So everything that this movie is aside... It bears a strong resemblance to another movie. So let's find out what Pollyanna is. So if you if you if you don't think about the characters, the plot, the story, or the setting of this movie, this movie is exactly like David Lynch's 1979 film Eraserhead. I think it might have been 71. I'm not sure. It was in the 70s. I swallowed that joke by getting caught up on the minutia. Okay. So here is a rather lengthy summary of what Pollyanna All right, is. we're going to see if it checks out. Okay. We're back in court. Your Honor, we've got another <laughs> case. The defense and I... <laughs> okay. We got married, and now we have, a, we, we have a, a new thing. It's the early 20th century. That checks out. No, it doesn't. Nope. <laughs> Preteen Pollyanna Whittier has led a simple life as part of a church family, her parents former missionaries, with her father now a minister. Okay. You got to pause after every after, sentence. So, that was one sentence. Okay. I'm just for yes. the future okay. so that I can decide whether or not that checks okay. out. All right. I guess she's technically preteen in that she was not yet a teenager. She was eight years old. But I would not classify her as a Mm preteen. Too young even for Roy Moore. Oh my god. Alright, moving on, moving on, moving on. uh, Following the deaths of her parents, Pollyanna is sent to live with her wealthy maternal spinster aunt, Polly Harrington, in the town of Harrington, founded by the Harrington family. Of the Harrington Harringtons? (laughs) Uh... No. There's the threat of that happening mm-hmm. because Sam Elliott definitely threatened suicide to his daughter several times. No, I'm he kidding. does not. I'm absolutely kidding. Oh, my God. That was irony. He said that he would send her to live with her aunt, Sarah. Yes. That's literally the uh, of, only thing. Uh, Sarah Lansing of the Lansing Lansings. Lansing. Yes. Um. Hmm. <clears throat> Just for those of you who don't know, I'm sorry. Lansing is the capital of Michigan. Yes. That's why it's We funny. live in Michigan. That is why this whole Michigan episode is funny and full of Michigan jokes. Yeah. It's not funny. We really got to hand it to each other. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're really We're funny. not mitting around. <laughs> okay. We definitely drink lead water because we got poisoned by we the We don't government. live anywhere near Flint. I know. Okay. And we're also not black, which is why our water's Oh, fine. my God. All right. Following the deaths of her parents... Oh, I already said that. Mm-hmm. Pollyanna had never met her aunt before arriving in Harrington. Mm-mm. Not true. <laughs> not, not, not consistent with Polly. Or uh, Prancer. 
Polly feels an obligation to the family name, and as such controls almost every aspect of what happens in town, which she's able to do as a Harrington company has dealings with almost every other company and person in town. She is not afraid to wield that clout if anyone goes against her, especially Mayor Carl Warren. Are we talking about Aunt Polly or Polly Polly? Uh, Polly, because the little girl's name is Polly Anna. Oh. So the aunt, aunt. aunt is, yeah. is that. Yeah. It's not some weird, like, precocious. No. no. no okay. No. Uh, yeah, again, doesn't check out. In that control, this is a really in-depth summary. Do we have time for this? We got pl- we got all, nothing but time. Okay. This is my show. Okay. Excuse me? <laughs> this is our show. <laughs> this show you. goes as long as we want. In that control, she will not allow her personal assistant slash one of her maids, Nancy Furman, to be seen in public with her beau, George Dodd, says Polly believes such behavior is disrespectful to her as Nancy's employer. <laughs> what is this? Again, no. And also, what the fuck is your problem, bitch? Jesus Christ. Let her fucking public. Jesus. God. Oh, my God. Uh, Polly even controls the church as Reverend Ford vets his sermons through her. They always on Polly's directive of a fire of brimstone nature. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, She also took in Pollyanna solely out of obligation rather than out of kindness or love. I totally believe that in Prancer, the aunt to- I was, like, suggesting. She was yeah. the one what was... <sighs> this is nothing to do. Whoever wrote that piece of trivia, we need to find them. Well, we're only about a third of the way through. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe this is where it starts getting Prancer. All right. Come on, me. <laughs> the town orphanage, the building for which Polly's father donated... The building for which Polly's father donated to the town is in major disrepair. Mm-mm. No. Unless you're talking about Clara's Leachman's house. But she's not anywhere near an orphanage. <laughs> she's as far away from an orphanage as you get without it being Planned Parenthood. Oh, abortion jokes. Oh, my God. Stop it. Polly would rather pay money out of her own pocket to make whatever Band-Aid repairs to the building than to embark on a community project to raise funds for a new orphanage solely as the building has the Harrington name. No. As opposed to Polly's stern outlook, Pollyanna, based on the teachings of her father, tries to find the good in everything and everyone. Okay. I'll yeah, allow it's, it. it's a sweet little girl. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, these someones include perhaps the two most disliked people in town, recluse or recluse old man Pendergast, the town's children believing he having... Other children who have trespassed... What? The town's children believing he having other children who have trespassed on his property imprisoned in his basement. Oh, my God. And disagreeable Mrs. Snow, who thinks more about dying than living. I guess crotchety old people in the town who who the main character forms a relationship with, I'm assuming? I don't know. Okay. But the toughest nut for Pollyanna to crack may be her Aunt Polly, with her singular focus on control over the town to her standards and morals. Yeah, this has nothing to do with Prancer. Nope. Almost done. Okay. Pollyanna may get some help in the matter of her aunt by Mayor Warren's nephew, Dr. Ed Chilton, a former resident who now lives in Baltimore, who is back in town for the first time in five years on vacation, and who was once Polly's beau. Literally nothing like answer aside from it having a sweet little girl who befriends an old person who nobody likes mm-hmm. so i'm calling baloney on that yep just another lie that the mainstream media is telling you that we 
here at Sharing Everything are disproving to bring truth to the masses. Infowars.com. I mean, sharing everything. Noisemakerjoe.com slash sharing everything. Whoa. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, geez. Oh, heck. Oh, heck. With regards to this film? Regard, yes. With regard to Just with film. regard? Yeah. I have many regards for the film. But we're only talking about the one regard. What is the re- What is the regard? A thing you would like to talk about. <laughs> oh, they use the star filter on all of their cameras, which made the lights have little pretty X's. Mm-hmm. Nice. And the cameras that I have at the TV station in which I work also have those filters. And it made me all... Aww. Aww. It made me think of work. Oh no, that's not what we want. I think that was really it. I like the movie. Go watch the movie. Where did we find it? Was it uh, on Amazon? Yep, I think it was Amazon. Okay. I think we had to rent it mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, four bucks on Amazon. Do yourself a favor. Go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's did it. Did we do it? I think we did it. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Since I uh, uh, so, uh, oh, where can people, like, find us? People can find us on the internet. Would you care to be more specific? Yes. You can email the show at sharingeverythingshow at Mm gmail.com and you can find the show on iTunes Mm -hmm. or wherever good podcasts are found Mm -hmm. or more specifically at noisemakerjoe.com slash (laughs) how do you type the hiccup? you don't okay you ignore it sharing every no noisemakerjoe.com slash sharing everything Thank you. You're welcome. What are you planning to show me next week? <laughs> the Shining is what we're going to watch Wink next week. All right. Until then, keep talking, keep loving, and keep sharing. Goodbye! Goodbye.